Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Friends, we often come to the Bible looking for some encouragement or a promise to start our day. Or maybe we come to find some truths that we need to know and remember as Christians. Or maybe you're looking for a command, a challenge that we can, by God's grace, go out in obedience and grow spiritually. Now, all those are well and good. But Psalm 105 begins with a reminder that we need to come to our Bibles for another reason. Listen. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. Tell of all His wonderful acts. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Friends, Gregory the Great once said this, We are changed into the one we see. We are changed into the one we see. Now, yesterday in Psalm 104, we were invited to praise God and to see His glory in all the works of the created cosmos. Today, Psalm 105 begins by telling us to proclaim God's praise for all His wonderful acts and then tells us to look to the Lord and His strength and to seek His face always. Now, this is a bit of a puzzle to ponder. We're all prone to seek transformation by learning and then going and doing. But Gregory and Psalm 105 say that transformation happens when you behold the face of God, when you seek His face. And this psalm is going to go on for the next 40 verses, telling us the story of God's mighty works, the great deeds He did for Israel in their history, starting with Abraham and Jacob and Joseph. It moves towards the exodus out of Egypt, led by Moses and Aaron, where God afflicted Egypt with one plague after another. Now for us, this history lesson can cause our eyes to get blurry, our minds to stray. I mean, after all, this was not our story. I wasn't a slave in Egypt. But then again, neither were any of the people singing this psalm when it was composed. But Jewish remembering is different than the way we remember. Jewish remembering confesses that what God did for our people a thousand years ago, He did for us. You see this over and over again in the Bible. Every Jew confessed that this was their story. In Deuteronomy 6, the parents would tell their children, We were slaves in Egypt once, but with His mighty arm God saved us even though they were never in Egypt. Yet they were still given this confession to believe that the God who acted in history back then was the same God for them today. And friends, the same is true for us if we have believed in Christ. Israel's story becomes our story. The mighty God who delivered them, well, His strength delivered us too. And we can look to His strength then and discover His face today. We seek His face in His Word so that we can be changed to proclaim His glory. What do you mean, Joel? Well, Psalm 105 and the Bible, they're actually guides that enable us to become participants in the glorious salvation conversation. We read what God has done for us in the past because this is our story, and we begin to see Him. Or better, God reveals Himself to us through His Word and by His Spirit as we come seeking. And as we behold Him, and we see who we belong to, we discover our new identity. As those who belong to God, we cannot help but tell others about the one we've seen face to face. And here's something more. This psalm is verse after verse of all the ways that God saved and delivered His people. 
Our salvation is not the result of our obedience or our worthiness. Rather, it is all because God has been so good to us, supremely in Jesus Christ. And that is why we shouldn't come to our Bible so much to see what we should be doing, but rather rediscover the done of the gospel that leaves us wanting to do more out of sheer gratitude to our glorious God. My friends, remember who you are and who you belong to. Greetings, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Today we come to Psalm 104, which calls your soul to be captivated by the God who fashioned all of creation. In verse 24, we discover a mind drawn upward to marvel at the divine's handprint on all things. We read, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Now, what's interesting about Psalm 104 is that it patterns itself pretty closely on the creation narrative of Genesis 1. We read in verse 2, The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. Of course, on day 1, God said, Let there be light. On day 2 in Genesis, we read that God separates the waters and he calls the expanse above heaven. And we read in the next verses of Psalm 104 how God stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. In verse 5 and on, we read how God set the earth on its foundations and covered it with waters that he assigned to certain places. In verse 9, you set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. On day 3 in Genesis, God divides the earth from the seas. Oh, and don't forget, God also created seed-bearing vegetation. As we read on in verse 14, he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate bringing forth food from the earth. Now the works of day four come into view as we read about the moon and the sun in verse 19. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. Then we hear about the creatures of the sea in verses 25 and 26. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. Day five. Oh, and then comes, you guessed it, man. Verse 23, then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. And then we're reminded of God's gracious provision in verses 27 and 28. All creatures look to you to give them their food at their proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. Friends, this is the world we live in. Every part has been formed and fashioned by a great God. And all of it remains under his absolute rule. God is over the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, the seas and all that are in them, the mountains and the hills we like to visit, the trees which provide the fruits we love to eat, all those animals we see on earth and in the skies. Yet we live in a world where many, if not most of us, spend more time taking in what we see on small screens, taking in ads, sports, seeking advice, or simply goofing off. We get caught up in finances, films, politics, science. These screens lead us to lose sight of the meaning of the universe. They can easily make God small in our eyes. In fact, maybe God simply, our God time becomes an app that we spend a few minutes on daily. And all the while, we exist in this vast creation that reveals the glory of our God. We ought to pause to ponder the blessings of a juicy tomato that God grew from a seed 
or join with the songbirds in the morning who are praising God at the crack of dawn. That's why the psalm ends this way. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord, but may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Psalm 104 ends with a prayer that the soul not lose sight of the glory of God and the privilege to praise him while marveling over all his goodness because this creation has become a battlefield. Did that surprise you when this creation psalm suddenly prayed for sinners and the wicked to vanish? This is a prayer for a new creation where men will no longer shake their fists at God and hurt their fellow man and pollute and destroy this world. My friends, it's a prayer for Jesus to come. The Lord Jesus who joined himself to this creation when he took on flesh. And he won the victory on the battlefield we call earth at the cross. And he rested from his labors on the seventh day and brought in the new creation on that eastern morn with his resurrection from the dead and he now reigns in heaven. Yes, we do not yet see everything in subjection under God's feet, but by faith we see Jesus. So rejoice, Christian, because you are united to Christ and we are one day sooner to that day. Jesus comes to reclaim this world and bring in the glory of a new and better creation. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Do you ever find yourself wondering, is God truly for me? Does he want the best for me? Well, I think deep down we all know it's true, but sometimes we don't feel it to be the case in the day to day. And that's why David takes to encouraging himself to remember who God is. David begins to praise God for who he is, and he tells his soul to take in the good news all the way to the core of his being. Psalm 103, David says, Praise the Lord my soul and my, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. I love that line in Psalm 103. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. J.I. Packer once said, If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he does not understand Christianity very well at all. So friend, do you get up in the morning and think to yourself, 
Ha, the Father's smile is resting on me. I'm his beloved child, and his affection for me is unflappable. At the end of every Heart City worship service, I always say, remember who you are and who you belong to, because the reason we fret and fear and get anxious is because we've forgotten that the Heavenly Father is watching over us, and his love is from everlasting to everlasting. I know the reason we sin and run away from God is we've forgotten the benefits of being family, or we don't think our Father knows best and we're going to end up with unfulfilled desires. Remember, may remember this from Jesus' story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. There's a son who chooses worldly pleasures over a relationship with his father. He heads off with his inheritance and begins to live it up. Soon a famine comes and his life is literally a mess. He's out of money, he's working in pig slop anxious over what to eat, how he'll live. But he comes to his senses when he remembers his father's care for his servants. So he rehearses a confession, Luke 15, 18. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This scene captures our father's heart as he runs to take a hold of his lost son. And arms around his son, he doesn't even let his son finish that confession he was reciting. He's proving right here that the father is never repelled by any sin or shame that we're carrying. Rather, the father's heart is always waiting, always ready to love, always waiting for us to make the first move so he can joyfully embrace us and lift us up. A heart of compassion prompted a response that destroyed all shreds of the lie that the son could ever be demoted to merely a servant. I know it's hard to believe that such a happy ending could be true, but all it takes is the slightest sense of our father's heart to draw us back. Friends, we're all sinners and the father knows it best. That's why he sent his best son, his best gift, his own son, to die for our sins. So that our basic identity would no longer be sinners, but sons, receiving all the benefits as children. And when you take that in, his commandments are no longer burdensome, but rather they are your privilege to do as you remember your sonship. And you delight that your obedience reveals to a world that needs to know this is our Father's world. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Hi, I am Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Friends, do you ever find yourself overwhelmed by emotions and not really sure what to do with them? Does distress keep you awake at night? Or does numbness steal the joys under the sun? Do you ever wonder, what is the point of my life? Do I matter? Does anyone care? How about that existential question? What will have been the point of me after I take my final breath? Welcome to Psalm 102, a psalm entitled, A Prayer of One Afflicted, When He Is Faint and Pours Out His Complaint Before the Lord. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. 
for my days vanish like smoke, my bones burn like glowing embers, my heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress I groan aloud and I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a bird alone on a roof. All day long my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me use my name as a curse. For I eat ashes as my food and mingle my drink with tears. Because of your great wrath, for you have taken me up and thrown me aside. Psalm 102 is no emotional gush fest. It's no hopeless rant. Psalm 102 puts words to our emotions, gives us profound imagery to capture the heart hurt. A person who is lonely gets the scene of a lonely bird on a roof person who knows domestic abuse understands the desert owl in the ruins. Eating disorders? The groans of a soul reduced to skin and bones. Who forgets to even eat? How about just wondering the point of it all? My days vanish like smoke. Psalm 102 provides us with a guide that teaches us how to lament, how to complain, to put words to the longings and brokenness that can so easily overwhelm as changes come as over the course of our lives. It also teaches us that emotions are horrible masters, but can be wonderful servants. Check out the transition from verse 11 to verse 12. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass, but you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures throughout all generations. Did you notice the contrast there? My days are like a shadow, but Lord, you sit enthroned forever. The emotions are the result of a heart existing in a transitory, ever-changing world, but longing for the stability of eternity, which belong, belongs alone to God. And a request is offered to the eternal God in verse 24. So I said, Do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. Your years go on through all generations. The heart now sees what it longs for, how emotions actually serve as homing beacons to the holy. Psalm 102 invites us to seek the stability and permanence only found in the eternal God. And we get this answer in verses 25 to 28, which are a balm for the soul. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. This passage here is a balm for the soul because it shows that God has answered the prayer of all who call out, who lament to him in faith, because you find it quoted in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, and it is speaking of Jesus. Jesus is the great creator who laid the foundations of the earth and made the heavens. And we see that they were never meant to be permanent. Jesus will one day return in glory. He's going to take up this entire cosmos and ball it up like old and worn laundry and toss it aside. And only Jesus will remain. And that is good news 
for those who have learned not to find their security in this dying world, but rather in the eternal Lord who created this world. They shall live in his presence as members of the new creation and experience his loving embrace for all of eternity. My friends, remember who you are and who you belong to. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Psalm 101 is a psalm of King David. And when I read it, I want you to notice that David says 12 times, I will. David is going to make 12 pledges, 12 promises of what he will do and be as Israel's leader. Oh, and by the way, we have a primary election coming up Tuesday. Wouldn't you love to have a leader who could make and keep promises like this? Psalm 101. I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. Friends, Psalm 101. Well, it's the promises of a leader to live and act with complete integrity. Promises to live a blameless life, to conduct his house with a blameless heart, to love what is good, to rejoice in it. He will be a man of self-control. He will not do anything that is evil. He'll hate what faithless folks do. Hmm, I like this. Here's a leader who won't compromise for our votes. And he says that people will be blessed, those under him, as he brings justice and righteousness, silencing liars and cutting off evildoers. Wouldn't you vote for this guy? You know, it's interesting how some folks have expectations of pastors when it comes to politics. And some pastors, they give guidance on who you should vote for. Generally, I do vote, and I actually spend time following the political happenings. But if folks want guidance from me about who to vote for or expect me to preach politics, they're going to be disappointed. Joel, why aren't you political? Let me ask you. Do you want me to give you guidance about which politicians to trust? I hope you realize the fact is every politician is a liar. What proof? President Hoover, he promised a car in every yard and a chicken in every pot. Within a year of his election, America experienced the Great Depression. Lyndon Johnson promised not to put American soldiers in Vietnam. Guess what happened two weeks after he went to office? George Bush, he promised no new taxes. Yeah, you know what he did next. And you know what else? King David, the king who penned Psalm 101, he was unable to keep his promises too. David murdered one of his top soldiers after getting this man's wife pregnant. And read on and the affairs of his house were not in order. 
Now, David may well have been at the highlight of his kingship when he wrote this, but David was not the perfect leader, even when he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write Psalm 101. So, Joel, what do we do with Psalm 101 then? Friends, in Luke 24:44, the risen Lord Jesus tells his disciples how to understand the Old Testament, and he tells them that the Psalms were all about him. Jesus is teaching us that Psalm 101 found its fulfillment in him. He was the one who took this psalm to his lips as he became that king we've always longed for. Oh, so to the question, Pastor Joel, why aren't you political? The answer is, I am. And I think all pastors should be political. And by that I mean we should endorse absolute monarchy. Jesus Christ's victory at the cross and the grave and his ascension to heaven affirms that there is now a king to endorse, and only one. My job is to point you to the King of Kings, who reigns from heaven right now, and he didn't and doesn't need our votes to get his position. Jesus Christ is Lord. And I also encourage you not to get overly disappointed when earthly leaders fail. Because the good news is we finally have a king who has kept all his promises and will establish justice when he comes in glory. And I encourage you, my friend, to believe in this king of integrity. And as a heavenly citizen now united to him by faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit you can and you must live lives of integrity to reveal his reign to those longing for a good leader. Oh, and when we get frustrated at the failed promises of our leaders right now, well... We take David's question, that little phrase in verse 2 of Psalm 101 to our lips, that question that reveals this leader too, King David, he was longing for a good king. David said, when will you come to me? Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. My friends, remember who you are and who you belong to. Let me try. Hi, folks. Welcome to Michiana Community Connections on New Source One, Michiana's podcast channel through Anchor. This is Season One, Episode Six, and we are featuring local folks and their businesses or community organizations. I want to thank Pastor Samuel Kamwanji for Episode One for his trip to Kenya. I also want to thank the other business that had the resale shop the pastor for season one episode two we had evan hoover for season one episode three talking about the passion play with project promise season one episode four with uh good friend bob bloom and season one episode five with jim looney for his goshen jam so all of these great folks around in events but right now we are at the fresh start flea market it is a expanded place used to be known as the bristol street flea market and inside of it we also have another business called la chica and so we have a couple of ladies here uh, to give you all of the information uh, about the fresh start flea market and uh, join me is renee and carmen say hi renee hi Re- <laughs> I was going to say hi, Renee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. We, we're we all informal. Yeah. So tell us about the flea market. I drove by here. I've seen it was known as Bristol Street Flea Market. And then all of a sudden I saw the name change in the last few days and, and wondered, what's this all about? So give us a lowdown on the Fresh Start Flea Market. Well, I'm a flea market here, and we have a little bit of everything for everyone. Okay. And 
we have old and new stuff. All right. And I noticed you have a lot of vendors. I was walking through the, the place. Uh, talk to us about some of the vendors and some of the things that they happen to offer. Um, we have one vendor that uh, his whole booth is 50% off right now. And then we have uh, uh, new vendors coming in uh, monthly usually. And they just offer a little bit of everything. You can't. We got a big tool booth area. And we got old stuff and new stuff. All right. And also, one of the businesses is a business called La Chica. And joining me is Carmen. How are you doing, Carmen? Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Carmen. So um, welcome to the flea market. Uh, we are part of the flea market. Uh, we have a little room inside called La Chica. Okay. Uh, where you can come and find rings, um, uh, all kind of jewelry we, we bring from Mexico. Okay. Uh, wow. So bracelets. Uh, be ready for uh, Mother's Day. We have a specials, ten percent off for everything. So if you come get uh, some of the stuff for for your mother this weekend. All right. And are there any specials happening here within the booths this weekend, or getting ready for Mother's Day? Yeah, there's a lot of vendors that do uh, discounts for Mother's Day and Father's Day and other holidays. We. And we have big events for the summertime. And Okay. And so how did it transition from known as the Bristol Street Flea Market over to the Fresh Start? Um, the gentleman that had it before me, he was just ready to get out of it. And okay. I just took over. And um, he helped me get going. And then he went on to do what he wanted to do. All right. And you just said you were celebrating a, a business birthday today, weren't you? Or a business anniversary, saying how many years? Oh, yeah. I have was five years uh, this month. Five years this month, okay. And so how many people are coming usually throughout the day to uh, to check it out? And what hours is the place open? Uh, Wednesday through Sunday, 10 to 6, and we're, uh, we're opening up on some Tuesdays to see how we go to open up to six days. Okay. Um, and... Uh, That's uh, all right. How many people? Uh, we get, um, you know... We get a big flow of people all through the day and week. All right. And how many come in, into the store? Is it the same hours here at La Chica? Yeah, we open the same hours. Um, like she said, we're trying uh, to open up on Tuesday, see if more people want to come see us. But we get a lot of people here, like, daily. Okay. The, they start seeing the, um, the, the, the sign for the flea market. Right. Uh, but it, it's a lot of people. This is a big place for whoever haven't been here. We have new stuff every week. Wow. So if you came last week. This week is completely different. Okay. So don't miss it. You come see us every week because we have all, everything you need for your home, for your family. Everything is right here. Oh, awesome. So what are the hours? Tell us the hours. Our hours are uh, 10 to 6. Wednesday through well, Sunday? Yes, yeah, Wednesday through, Wednesday through Sunday. Okay. And what's the best way that they can contact your store or, or La Chica? Um, we have a, our uh, business on Fresh Start Flea Market or on Facebook. Okay. And then um, we're working on getting um, a bigger website where a QR code okay. and everything so they can check everything out. Well, that's pretty awesome. How about for La Chica? Uh, you guys can uh, uh, go in Facebook, La Chica. You can find everything that we have here. It's a lot of pictures. Uh, there's a phone number if you want to contact and order anything. We also do custom stuff. So if you would like to order a bracelet for, for anybody in your family, we can put the name on it. So just come see us. All right. And uh, would you like to make a plug also in Spanish for any 
everybody listens in on, on this and that speaks Spanish. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yo me llamo Carmen. Uh, vengan a vernos aquí. Estamos en la en el flea market que está aquí por la Bristol, cerca de este la, la tienda de motos. Y estamos este abiertos de... De miércoles a domingo, de 10 de la mañana a 6 de la tarde, eh, tenemos de todo. Cada semana hacemos muchos cambios, o si viniste la semana pasada, ahorita tenemos otras cosas nuevas. La chica tiene, uh, vende joyería de todo tipo, tenemos 10% de descuento y hacemos uh, también joyas para uh, a tu gusto. So, ven a vernos cuando, cuando tengas tiempo. All right, well, thank you so much, ladies, and come on down here. Um, what is the address again for the for the First Turf Flea Market? 722 West Bristol Street, Elkhart, Indiana. And if you call, I can come in after hours to open up for people. Okay, and can you give me the telephone number? Okay, um, 574-849-1655. We can give you more information there. We got more than one number. So you, if you want, you can text us, you can call us, however you want. You can go on the website. Re remember, the name is um, Fresh Star Free Market, and we are open for you. Even uh, when we're closed, you can call us, and we can come in and open the, the store for you. Okay, give me that number one more time, please. 574-849-1655, and there's one more. Okay. Or you can call 574-214-4862. Okay, well, that number one more time for the second number, please. 574 uh, 214-4862. All right. Well, I want to thank these great ladies over here at the Fresh Star Flea Market. Come on down here. Great place. I was quite impressed. It's been a while since I've been out here under the previous name and, and previous owners. It is bigger than you would imagine. And check out La Chica. And I just want to thank these great ladies. And stay tuned. We will be having some more podcasts. Be surprised when they pop up through the month of May. You're listening to News Source 1. Michiana. Hi, I'm Pastor Duell of Heart City Church, and we end this week with a well-known psalm, Psalm 100. It's a simple psalm packing two profound truths that are needed in our moment of modern madness. Psalm 100, listen. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Now let's pause there before proceeding. We need to take in that truth. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Now some ancient texts actually say, it is he, God, who made us, and not we ourselves. In either case, here's a command to acknowledge God made us, and that as his creation, we are not our own, but belong to him. Hmm, doesn't that fly in the face of our you-do-you and create-yourself culture? We are creatures and must acknowledge our dependence on our Creator. God is our source of life, friends. Psalm 100 says that apart from God, we don't exist. I'm not talking and you're not listening. This command to acknowledge Him means we need to see that we are accountable to Him. And more... It means he determines our value. He determines our significance and meaning. And friends, that is a joyful thing. Did you actually notice Psalm 100 begins with a call to shout for joy, to worship with gladness, to sing joyful songs? We are to be really noisy and really joyful. And when you accept and receive your value, 
as God assigned it, it's a happy thing to celebrate and it's a real relief because you're living into reality. You're being who you were created to be. Friends, that is freedom. Do you know what bondage is? Buying into the modern myth that you can and should determine your truth and your destiny. That is to take on a burden you cannot bear. Why are so many Americans struggling with mental issues? I would argue that many are exceeding their limits by buying into the myth that we can create our own reality, that we can determine our own truth. We ignore this command to acknowledge the godness of God and the realness of reality to our own peril. Well, there's a second profound truth in the remainder of this psalm. Listen, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Following the command to acknowledge that God is God and we are not God, that he determines our destiny, not we ourselves, we now hear that our destiny is suffering. Suffering. This is a profound truth we need to take in as Christians. We're not to buy into the false gospel of your best life now. What do you mean, Joel? Well, we hear that we are his sheep, ready to enter his gates, his courts with thanksgiving. Now, friend, if you're a sheep, that's a crazy thought. You know why sheep were brought through the gates and into the temple courts, right? You're going to be slaughtered for sacrifice. Do you get the picture of who we're called to be on earth? You get the picture of what our family and friends are supposed to see when they see us? We're the crazy people who are giving up our lives for God's glory. And friends, that is freedom as well. We are set free from our own agendas in order that we may live and die for God. We rejoice that our lives are worthy to count for God, that we can truly matter. We are thankful that we are following the Good Shepherd Jesus, who first became the Lamb who was slain for our sins. Jesus came, took up his cross, and bought us at the cost of his own blood and entered into glory. And we live this life then, making noise for all to see that our God has opened the way to glory. And do you know that this is most evident? We shine most brightly, not when things are going great, but when rather we're going through trials, and yet we're still giving thanks, because it reveals we really believe the love of God endures forever. Psalm 100 actually has the title, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. And Franz Schaeffer once wrote, A heart giving thanks at any given moment is the real test of the extent to which we love God at that moment. So in this moment of madness, let us show the world our love for our Creator. And let us give thanks that God is the source of our lives and the life of the world, and that He has determined our destiny is to pass through suffering and into glory. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. This is News Source 1 Michiana. Elkhart South Bend, 